Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Route 6A, Orleans, Cape Cod. On the web at birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. Good morning. Welcome to our show, number 567, coming to you from sunny southwest Nebraska. And I think you can probably hear in the background the Nebraska fight song. There's no place like Nebraska. We're live from greater prairie chicken country here in McCook, Nebraska. And we're on a tour of Nebraska's Central Platte River and Frontier Trails region, where in addition to greater prairie chickens and other birds, we're expecting to see thousands and thousands of sandhill cranes as they stop to rest and feed on their spring journey north. In fact, on our drive from the Omaha airport uh, just yesterday, we already saw thousands of sandhill cranes uh, going through um, especially the Kearney area which bills itself as the Sandhill Crane capital of the world, and for good reason. And we're going to be heading out again uh, it's tomorrow, I think, to really see an incredible display of Sandhill Cranes, one of the greatest spectacles in the entire bird world. Well, certainly something of special interest to bird lovers here in Nebraska. New research shows that climate change is leading to a decline in farmland birds. This is one of the stories you'll find on our Facebook page uh, this week. Also on our Facebook page, on a lighter note, have you ever seen a duck feeding a fish? Well, you will if you check out uh, the video that we'll link you to on our page. And when humans try to sing after drinking a little too much alcohol, they tend to slur their songs. Well, guess what? Birds do, too. It's another story on our Facebook page. Some of the uh, stories you can also find online with a little internet search if you're not a Facebook user. Here in Greater Prairie Chicken Country, McCook, Nebraska this morning, and in just a little bit we'll talk with Mr. Angus Gary about one of the remarkable spectacles we'll see right in this area, in our neighborhood here in McCook, the amazing mating rituals of the Greater Prairie Chicken. But joining us right now from McCook, Red Willow County Tourism is Director Carol Schlegel. Good morning, Carol. Good morning. Great to have you with us. And you are in charge of something, or partly at least, of something called the Prairie Chicken Dance Tours. Now, for people who just heard that phrase for the first time, what is that? Prairie Chicken Dance Tours is taking people out to see the prairie chickens do their, their mating dance in the spring. And uh, there's just a few places that are not always accessible, and we happen to have one called the Lek that uh, we take people out so they can experience the prairie chickens. For people who aren't familiar with the term Lek, can you, uh, can you explain that to us? That's a kind of a very specialized thing among a, a few birds, including uh, greater prairie chickens. Yeah, so Lek is the um, mating area, is the... the piece of ground they come to each spring to do their dance and it comes from a Swedish word that uh, that means uh, gathering or sport. I thought it might be something racier than that but I guess that's okay. It could be <laughs> we can get there. Okay well it, this is, that kind of takes us to the the scientific name of the of the greater prairie chicken 
you can sort of get a hint of this when you hear a tympanicus cupido, which translates to... Translates into drummer of love. Isn't, isn't that nice? What, now, what, why, do you, why drummer of love? Because one of the things they do is they drum their feet on the ground and while they're doing their ritual, and that's where it comes from. We have a whole bunch of folks that are traveling with us here who are out there by that lek right now observing this really amazing spectacle of the greater prairie chickens. Um, one thing, Carol, that we know when, when, uh, when folks go on birding trips and uh, you know, if it's spouses, there's often a non-birding spouse uh, coming along. One birder, one one non-birder. So, uh, what what if uh, if if couples come out here and there's one birder, one non-birder? What else can they do here in McCook? We have a variety of things they can do. Uh, we have an excellent golf course called Heritage Hills, and a number of our birders were, will even head out there, both spouses, to, to go golfing afterwards. Uh, another thing that happens quite frequently here is we have rodeo events wow. about 35 weekends out of the year. We have an indoor arena, and even today there's a uh, college rodeo going on. So there's always something going on at the, the fairgrounds here. Uh, there's always shopping, and we've got some excellent restaurants. So everyone seems to find enough to keep themselves busy. All right, and is it true? I, I know that with, the, with all the chicken dancing around here, is, it's, is there more chicken dance music going on at weddings here now the chicken dance that's a staple at weddings around here so uh and i'm really glad this is radio so i don't have to demonstrate <laughs> oh we really missed out on that carol slagles mccook red willow county tourism director carol thank you and thank you for being here by the way far from our perch here today in southwest nebraska there's been an exciting new development at a place we visited last year the Canopy family of lodges in Panama. Well, the news is that an active nest of the iconic and elusive harpy eagle, one of the most large, one of the largest and most spectacular eagles in the world, has been discovered close to the Canopy Lodge in the Darien area of eastern Panama. This is really an exciting uh, thing. We hope to have one of the folks from the Canopy Camp on the show with us uh, soon to tell us more about this uh, pretty exciting development there in Panama. Well, still to come on our show today, we'll head a little farther west from here in southwest Nebraska to find today's mystery bird. And we'll give away a fabulous feeder from Droll Yankees in the process, as we always do, along with a very special bonus prize today from our friends at Celestron Optics. Be listening for details on that in just a few minutes. Meanwhile, back east, Mike O'Connor will be joining us from Cape Cod's Birdwatchers General Store to offer some signs of spring and offer some tips about how to help your backyards bird, your backyard birds stay healthy in the soggy spring weather. And I almost forgot today is the first day of spring. It's beautiful here in Nebraska, gorgeous sunshine, but very cold. But I understand back in Massachusetts, there's some snow this morning. So we're going to stay here for a little longer. Up next, in just a moment, a bird you might well see in a farm field out here in the Cornhusker State is today's Talking Birds featured feathered friend.
Talking Birds is made possible in part by Celestron, a leading optics company offering binoculars and scotting, uh, spotting scopes for birders of all levels. Celestron is dedicated to education and bird conservation and proudly supports many nonprofit organizations that share the same commitment. Celestron says we care about the birds and nature in our backyard as well as yours. Enhance your view with Celestron. Visit Celestron.com and discover more. Sandpipers, by dictionary definition, are wading birds, so they live near the water, except for those that don't. Example, the upland sandpiper. It's a bird of native prairie and other dry grasslands, and these days, that's a problem. Although there are lots of threats to shoreline habitats, it's even worse for prairies because they're disappearing, being reduced to smaller and smaller fragments of land due to development and increasing areas of farmland. So where do upland sandpipers find refuge from all this habitat destruction? Mike 247, Boston to Los Angeles, now boarding... Yes, the airport. In fact, in several northeast states, most upland sandpipers live at airports since they're the closest thing to their native grassland habitats that the birds can find. Now back to the dictionary, which defines a wolf whistle as a whistle produced by a man to express admiration for a woman's appearance. Now this may or may not be the intention in the song of the upland sandpiper, but part of its song sure does sound like a wolf whistle. The Upland Sandpiper, whistling while he works by a runway near you. Thanks again for being with us here. Our show number... 567 live from sunny southwest Nebraska. And the guest I'm about to introduce has just uh, confirmed for me that uh, you're seeing some upland sandpipers right here in the McCook area. Our guest is Angus Gary, who's, uh, well, the, the descendant of uh, lots of folks from ranching families from the late 19th centuries, a century. In addition to being a farmer and rancher, he is also a bird watcher, describes himself as an amateur birder, but I think he's pretty modest about that. Angus, good morning. Good morning. It's fun to be with you. Well, it's great to have you here. This, I've got to ask you about this first, sir, because there are so many prairie chickens we know around here, but I think you said that 95% of the local folks have never seen one. Now, why is that? Because they're not really small. No, the reason that uh, they don't see them is that they are not along roads or someplace that people would be traveling. They're actually out in the prairie a long ways from, uh, uh, let's say, civilization. And uh, so consequently, it's highly unlikely that you will see them unless you definitely know where to go. Okay. And you do. And I do. Uh, just fortunate that we have a lek uh, there on the ranch. And uh, it's about a mile and a half from the closest road. So uh, we see them regularly uh, during this uh, mating season. But uh, most people aren't going to be out there. <laughs> right. And you got to get up early. Early is the word. Uh, you know, they start actually before sunrise in the morning. And uh, there aren't very many people out that time of the morning. 
I wonder why that is. Well, give us a little description, uh, Angus, if you can, of what it's like out there with these chickens dancing and, and uh, often doing a little fighting. Uh, yes. You realize this is a program where the uh, hens are trying to pick the most prospective mates. And uh, part of it is simply who's the toughest and uh, can convince uh, them that they fit in the center of the lek. Uh, and uh, obviously there's a lot of uh, pecking and fighting going on in order to get there. And so it's obviously the dominant male birds that are going to uh, be the most uh, productive. <laughs> and while they're doing all this, they've got to watch out for all kinds of predators. You've got uh, um, red-tailed hawks, you've got Swainson's hawks, you've got prairie falcons, uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of predators that uh, they have to watch out for, uh, including the uh, hawks, uh, red-tailed hawks, probably are the most common ones that uh, we have. But we also have the Swainsons and uh, the prairie falcons. And uh, we often see this uh, as we're watching them. Uh, if uh, one of those predators happens to come into the area, all of the birds immediately fly off. But all is not lost because if you wait maybe 10 minutes, uh, they're all back again uh, just doing their thing. Just a little delay, that's all. So you have a, you have a blind out there that people get inside, inside of it. It's, it's, it's really made from a, a cattle trailer, right? Yes, in fact, we have two blinds. Uh, they were converted from uh, cattle trailers, which are used to move cattle from place to place. And uh, we simply modified it so there's a place for people to set in out of the wind and uh, still observe the birds and uh, not bother them, which is important. We don't want to uh, upset the birds or move them. And... Uh, those trailers have been in place for a couple of weeks, and uh, the birds just realize they're part of the uh, location. <laughs> All right, they're used to it. So I want to just quickly ask you, Angus, about agriculture, because this is a, a threat to the birds on one level, but a help to the birds uh, in another way. Yes, uh, realize that uh, probably 150 years ago, uh, there was no agriculture. That was when the first settlers came to this area. And uh, obviously there were farmers among them that uh, wanted to plow up the grass and plant crops. Uh, however, uh, we we're maybe fortunate in that uh, there's a lot of our land that is not uh, suitable for the farming program and remains in uh, grass. We're kind of in a, uh, what we call a short grass country. Uh, our grass does not t grow tall, but it is very ideal for the prairie chicken. I just have to ask you uh, one, one more thing while we have time, uh, Angus, because you're a cattle rancher, and when people hear the name Angus, they, they might think of uh, cattle, black Angus cattle. A lot of people in the birding world, you know, have bird names, and, and maybe that inspires them to get involved in birding. Did that, did that happen with the, the name Angus at all? Well, you know, the name Angus actually came from uh, Scottish derivation, which I happen to have a lot of uh, that uh, blood in my veins. But uh, really, the, the joke in my family is that uh, my mother's family raised shorthorn cattle, 
Uh, my father's family raised Hereford cattle, and so somehow that was just a uh, trade-off to uh, get a name. But to be honest, uh, the name Angus has come down through my uh, Scottish relatives for many, many generations. All right. Angus Gary is a, a farmer and a rancher and a birder, and he will take you out to see those greater prairie chickens here in McCook, Nebraska. Angus, thanks so much. Thank you for having me on your program. Just a pleasure. Well, thanks again for being with us. And uh, up next here, it's our mystery bird contest with a very special bonus prize, too, in just one minute. Did you know that winter is when backyard birds need our help the most? Birds' energy demands are huge in the cold weather, and natural food sources are scarce, especially during snow and ice storms. Here's an idea. As you're stocking up on winter supplies for yourself, pick up a feeder and wild bird food for your backyard songbirds. Look for the Audubon Park brand, a top choice among bird lovers for more than 40 years. This season, try the brand's new songbird selections with NutriThrive line, which is enhanced with vitamins, minerals, and essential fatty acids that birds need but that have become scarce in the natural world. Like Audubon Park Bird Food on Facebook to join the conversation about feeding the birds. Audubon Park's products are made in the USA and meet the highest quality and safety standards in the industry. And Audubon Park's products are easy to find at your supermarket, lawn and garden store, farm and feed market, and online retailers. For more information, visit AudubonPark.com. That's AudubonPark.com. Get some for your backyard birds today. Audubon Park Wild Bird Food. Talking Birds is made possible in part by the Cornell Lab of Ornithology, a world leader in the study, appreciation, and conservation of birds. Please check them out at birds.cornell.edu. Well, on our Mystery Bird Contest every week on our show, you are eligible to win if you haven't been a winner here on Talking Birds in the past six months. By the way, if you're not hearing our show live, don't forget you can hear it live online every Sunday morning. Just go to talkingbirds.com to see how to do that. It's very easy. That's talkingbirds.com with no G in talking. We'll be talking about goldfinches with Mike O'Connor in a couple of minutes or so, but uh, probably you have some, you'd like to have some visiting your feeders. And because of that, we're offering the Droll Yankees Bottoms Up Finch Feeder as our mystery bird prize today. It's perfect for goldfinches because they can feed upside down while some less desirable visitors can't. So it's a, it's a brilliant thing from Droll Yankees, the Buff 16 Bottoms Up finch feeder. Now I said we'd have a bonus prize and here it is thanks to our new friends from Celestron. It's uh, honor, in honor of our live broadcast here from southwest Nebraska. Here's what it is. A pair of Celestron Trail Seeker 8x32 binoculars. These are highly rated binoculars by the way and we're really excited to be able to offer them as a bonus prize on this morning's special show from Nebraska in prairie chicken and sand hill crane country. These are amazing glasses, lightweight and durable magnesium alloy body, which is a really cool thing. Back four prisms with phase and dialectic coatings. These are all the, the uh, technical terms. Dielectric, I think, is actually the right word. And it, whatever it is, it gives you brighter images and increased contrast and resolution. These have close focus, up to six and a half feet. So you can really get a really close-up look at birds, butterflies, and so on. These are amazing binoculars. And that's our bonus prize on our Mystery Bird Contest. Here's the number to call. As always, we ask you to call as soon as possible in the process here because our time is short, 781 
781-837-4900 is the number. It's 781-837-4900. Here's the sound of our mystery bird. The mystery bird is a denizen of open woodlands of the West, including western Nebraska. It has a greenish-black head, back, and wings, a gray collar and chest, a dark red face, and kind of a salmon-colored belly. Now, our bird, unlike most of its relatives, seldom, if ever, excavates wood for boring insects. I guess that's too boring. Instead, it typically flies out from a high perch to grab insects in flight, or it gleans them from the bark of trees. Those are the clues for our mystery bird and the prize is that beautiful Droll Yankees bottoms up finch feeder and that bonus prize of this amazing pair of Celestron Trail Seeker 8x32 binoculars. 781-837-4900 is the number to call. 781-837-4900. Call us right now if you think you know what that bird is or if you don't think you know what it is take a guess because no correct answer means a drawing will determine our winner meanwhile we're going to check in with mike o'connor on cape cod where it may be snowing we'll find out uh our let's ask mike live in just one minute Public ferry service to the Boston Harbor Islands has ended for the season, but you can still visit the beautiful Boston Harbor Islands peninsulas open year-round. World's End in Hingham, Deer Island in Winthrop, Webb Memorial Park in Weymouth, and Nut Island in Quincy. They're connected to the mainland and accessible by car, offering stunning views of Boston Harbor and its islands, plus birding, hiking, biking, and cross-country skiing. Enjoy your national park all year long. For more information, please visit bostonharborislands.org. Here on Talking Birds Now, a message from our friends at Ducks Unlimited. Since 1937, Ducks Unlimited has been a world leader in wetlands conservation, ensuring safe passage for nature's most beautiful creations, protection against flooding, and sanctuary for the human soul. If we don't want to grow old in a world without wild places, we must speak up, we must step up, so that we may fill the skies for generations to come. Let's see if we can make our connection to uh, Mike O'Connor down there from Cape Cod's Bird Watchers General Store, where maybe it's snowing. Uh, we're about to find out. Are you there, Mike? Oh, Big Ray, are, are you there out there out west? Can you hear me? I can hear you. We are out here. We're out in the southwest, southwest Nebraska. And uh, I don't want to rub it in or anything, but it's beautiful sunshine here. It's all that awesome. It, I like listening it? to that Angus guy. What a character. i got to meet him someday. He's great, yeah. Well, he's out here in McCook, so he, he'll be waiting for you to come out and say hello. <laughs> Check sure, out those greater sure prairie chickens. for me, yep. Because <laughs> you don't have any greater prairie chickens on Cape Cod last time I checked. No, just when they're on vacation. They just pass through. <laughs> Do you have snow there? No, no, we have no time for snow. No Are you time. kidding me? It doesn't snow on Cape Cod. Don't listen to the rumors. No, I, maybe later I tonight the same, but who knows? Who knows? You, yeah. you're, you're better off where you are. <laughs> All right, we're going to stay here uh, for a few days. Well, it is spring, the first day of spring, which is a great thing. But, you know, Mike, I lived on Cape Cod for a long time, so I know how spring can be there. It's pretty uh, wet and soggy. So we have <laughs> yeah. to be extra careful, right, with our bird feeders so that well, bird well, feeders you're, you're get Well, you're right. I mean, Cape Cod's a wonderful place, but the spring is a little bit rough. It's kind of, kind of the bleakest yeah. season because of the cold winds and the water. And I've been trying to get people... Every, every time of year, but in the spring, take their feeders in. This is a good time to take the feeders in and clean them out. 
because I think a lot of people, they'll say this all day long, oh, the bottom of the fetus gets disgusting. Well, here's the reason why a bottom of the fetus gets disgusting, because people have the bad habit of topping off the feeder. They walk out, mm-hmm. the feeder's almost empty, so they put some fresh seed on top of the old seed, and the old seed gets moldy. So I just go through this every day. When you fill your feeder, shake it out, shake the old seed out, and then add fresh. And if you don't do that, then your seed gets old and moldy. But mm-hmm. always, always clean your feeder out. Never put fresh seed on top of old seed. Shake it out or rotate it. Put the old seed in a coffee can, put the fresh seed on the bottom, and then the old seed on the top so it doesn't get all disgusting and moldy. And the birds will like it better because the birds are hungry now. I'm seeing the goldfinches changing color. So there's, regardless of what you heard about snow, the goldfinches <laughs> are changing color, and that's because it's the first day of spring. Yeah, they're not affected by snow. Their color is not going to be retarded because of that. <laughs> they might be white for a few hours, but that's about it. They'll shake it off, and the gold is shining through. Yeah. What what other birds are we seeing? What are you seeing out there now? Because uh, we, we've been hearing about uh, a, a lot of birds, killdeer and uh, turkey vultures, lots of other birds showing up. Yeah, speaking of turkeys, um, I woke up yesterday morning early, and the whole neighborhood was gobbling. I, you know, I, I live in kind of, yeah, you know, I thought maybe, you know, my wife snoring as usual. But, whoa. whoa. You're in trouble. Yeah. But this time, I mean, I'm in a very residential neighborhood, and the trees are all gobbling, and, you know, the turkeys are out strutting around, and uh, it, it's the sign of spring. And as you know, you're going to go, are you going to go see the, the prairie chicken show is that, is that on your schedule, I hope? Yeah. Yeah, and then we're going out to see the Sandhill Cranes, and I wanted to ask you about that because I, I I don't think you've been out here to to Nebraska to see them, but you've seen them at their wintering grounds down in uh, Bosque de la Pache, Yeah, right? I found Bosque de la Pache, which is really beautiful if you ever get a chance to do that because the the snow mountains, or back when it used to snow, and and, and you see the cranes flying in, but I punched up, and if anybody does, there's a... That what is it called? Uh, Rose Wildlife Sanctuary or someplace near you guys, and they they have a, yeah. a, a webcam. And I this morning I watched the sunrise with the cranes, and it's crazy, crazy amounts of cranes. If you, I mean, you're going to experience mm-hmm. it, but just watch on this webcam. Yeah, it was just a river it's... was full of cranes and noisy. Holy smokes! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll bring our earplugs, our earplugs. But Mike, you go get your shovel, and we're going to go enjoy the sunshine. Have a great trip, Ray. Thanks a lot. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Mike. Mike O'Connor from the Bird Watchers General Store. Back to the mystery bird contest trying to identify. Can we hear this mystery bird? 781-837-4900 is the number. I'm not going to give the description again because our time is pretty tight here. Well, let's just go to Jay, who's calling us from Boulder, Colorado. Not that far away from here. Well, Colorado is not that far away from here. I have to look on the map again to see exactly where Boulder is uh, in that context. But anyway, Jay is there. Good morning, Jay. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, greetings from uh, southwest Nebraska. Uh, yes. Hope you're having fun out there. <laughs> we are. How far are we from Boulder, do you think, from here? I don't know, maybe 12 hours or so. Oh, that was higher than I thought. Okay, we'll stay here then. Uh, what about our mystery bird, Jay? I was thinking some kind of nuthatch, but I'm not sure now. Maybe a pygmy nuthatch? Hmm, not a nuthatch, no. Oh. Top quality guess, but no. Okay, but thank you for the call, anyway. Jay. All right, thank you, right. Jay in Boulder, Colorado. Let's go back to Massachusetts. Hazel is in Hanson, Massachusetts. Good morning, Hazel. Good morning. How are you today? 
We're doing well. It's beautiful here, but it's really cold out. But where we are, we're inside, so we're doing oh. great. It's beautiful here. Well, right now, <laughs> and no we've snow. Got the sun out. The sun is out. Oh, good. What about our mystery bird, Hazel? I was going to say an acorn woodpecker. An acorn woodpecker. That is a really top quality guess, and you're 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 kind of closing in on it, but not an acorn woodpecker. Okay. Thanks. Thank you, Hazel. Try us again. Let's go to Brian in Marshfield, Massachusetts. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, Ray. It's Ryan, actually. Oh, it's Ryan. Sorry about it's that. Ryan. Okay, Ryan, what about our mystery bird? I'm going to say the red-headed woodpecker. Red-headed woodpecker. There's a trend here. There's a, there's, there's a, there's a theme here, but uh, not a, not a red-headed woodpecker. All right. Try us again, Ryan. Okay, thanks so Bye. much. Another call from Marshfield. We have Mary Ellen. Uh, on the line there. Good morning, uh, Mary Ellen, and greetings from southwest Nebraska. Oh, good morning. I think <laughs> it might be a Lewis's woodpecker. A Lewis's woodpecker. Studio audience, what do you say? Uh, we we want to hear Correct. the studio audience. We don't. <laughs> What's that one person studio audience there back at the studio uh, in Marshfield, as a matter of fact? Oh, well, anyway, Mary Ellen, that is correct. Oh, yay. Lewis's Woodpecker, you win the beautiful Droll Yankees feeder and those Celestron binoculars. How about that? Oh, I am so excited. I listen all the time. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mary Ellen. Hey, we're out of time here, believe it or not, for our show. I can hardly believe it, but it goes by so fast. Thank you so much to our friends here in McCook in southwest Nebraska. We're heading out soon to see the amazing spectacle of the Sandhill Crane stopping off on their northward migration. Executive producer Mark Duffield, our associate producer Debbie Bleacher, our engineer Jesse Wilkins. I'm Ray Brown. See you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Route 6A, Orleans, Cape Cod. Ray Brown's Talking Birds, I love that show.